Hello and welcome back to Just Like Other Girls with me, Shannon Fiedler. What's going on guys? Hope you are having a lovely fall week. It's finally gotten chilly in New York City and I am living for it. I am obsessed with the sweaters and the warm beverages. I am here for the fall. I, I want to ask you guys a favor. If you are listening to this podcast or if you're watching it on YouTube, which you can do now, uh, whether you're new to it, this is the first time you've listened to an episode of Just Like Other Girls, or you've been listening to it since I started about a year and a half ago. And the favor that I want to ask is if you listen to this podcast at all, I want to know what you think about it. First of all, I love doing this podcast. I've talked about it before. It's such a fun channel for me. It's really different than any of the other ways that I interact with you guys and communicate with you guys because I get to just be myself and I get to just kind of like talk about what's on my mind and I'm not being a character. I'm not doing a bit. I'm just talking with you guys and it feels, I don't know, I just, I really like connecting in that way and getting to be Shannon a little bit more than a comedian or a character. But it is also the only channel that I have that is a little less conversational, not in what I'm saying or how I'm acting, but in that I don't get a response from you guys. Um, Whatever response you're having is not something that I am experiencing and participating as well. So when I do stand-up, you know, immediately I know how you guys are feeling, right? You either laugh or you don't. We're in the room. It's, It's obviously a scenario where the feedback that I'm getting from you guys and the experience that we're sharing together is so interconnected. And then also anything that I put on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube, there are comments, there are likes, there are view counts. Like it is, it's easy for me, maybe not easy, but I can sort of interpret what's happening and understand, okay, this is something that you guys like. This is something you guys don't like. This is probably something that you want to see more of. With the podcast, it it really is like I put it out into the world and then it kind of lives its life. And I guess my question to you guys is, what do you want to hear more of? What's something that you want to hear that you haven't heard yet? And the reason I say this is because I want the podcast to be as engaging for you guys as it possibly can be. So I guess my question to you guys, if you have a moment um, and you listen to the show, if you could just like if you feel inclined, shoot me a message. Let me know like, hey, I'd love to hear you talk about this or, you know, like this, not so much or whatever it is, but just any thoughts you might have. Um, I'm just, I'm curious and would love to get your opinions on it since, you know, it. like I said, it is the only, the only forum that I have that isn't as interactive with you guys. Um, and I miss that. I miss the interactivity. Anyway. It's fall. Like I said, we are deep in fall. We're loving fall. And with fall comes Gilmore Girls. It's just how it goes. You, you know, it is, it's, tis the season. So I am in the process of rewatching Gilmore Girls again. I, I actually don't want to think about how many times I've watched the series because it's like almost unfathomable to me. I, I did actively rewatch the entire series last year. So, it's still fresh for me, but it is, I, I think I can confidently say it is my favorite television show ever for, for a lot of reasons. There are 
myriad things that keep me coming back to Stars Hollow. And I just needed a comfort show. And I was just like, I I want to see what Lorelai and Rory are up to. And I just love the show. And so anyway, I'm in the process of doing my rewatch. And originally, I was going to wait until I fully completed it, which won't take long because I just like, because I know the show so well, I can have it on almost like wallpaper. I put it on in the morning and then I'm watching it, but I'm also cooking lunch or putting away my laundry or like editing something. Like I'm multitasking. So because of that, it's not going to take me a long time to finish the series. So I was going to do a recap episode on the entire series when I finished it. But the truth of the matter is, like, to me, even though the series is beautiful and wonderful and complete and perfect, um, and I just want to be clear, I'm not talking about A Year in the Life. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Gilmore Girls' A Year in the Life. And I did, I only watched it once the, the year that it came out. My mom and I watched it together. And I don't know, I just, it, it didn't feel like Rory and Lorelai and all those characters to me. So I, I actually haven't gone back to it again. Maybe maybe I'll try it again and see how I feel. But I'm talking about the, the original series. Um, and while I love it in full, to me there's two very clear chapters, which are the Chilton years and the Yale years. Also, I should preface, as I always do when I do any kind of recap, spoilers ahead, uh, if that wasn't obvious from the title of this episode, but if you haven't seen Gilmore Girls uh, in its entirety and you don't want to know what happens, I'm only covering the first three seasons in this episode, but I can't be trusted to not leak something, so just FYI, spoilers, to the Gilmore Girls are ahead. Anyway, my point being, I see it very clearly as like the Chilton years and the Yale years. The Chilton years are my favorite. That is, that is, I think, like the heart of the show, and I... I do think there are some amazing episodes and plot lines that happen afterwards, but I do think that seasons one through three, to me, are like the most important. And so I decided I'm currently in the middle of season four right now. I might have I might have even just finished season four and be on to season five. But my point is I wanted to talk about those first three seasons, the Chilton years when Rory lives at home and is in high school and just like how magical that is but also when you've watched it as many times as I have you have the benefit of looking at it perhaps a bit more uh I don't know discerningly I don't know the right word but like I'm not shocked by anything that happens in the plot anymore because I know it I'm barely even shocked by lines of dialogue because honestly I think I could recite a lot of those most famous lines verbatim at this point so I'm starting to look at it I don't know, with new perspectives. Also, I'm 31 years old, which means that I was young when the show first came out. I Everything about me was very Rory Gilmore, um, and I related to Rory in a lot of ways. And now I noticed it for the first time in my rewatch last year, but even more so in rewatching it this year. I am at a phase of life where I relate with Lorelai quite a bit more, obviously. I'm not 16. I haven't been 16 in a while, so... It's fun to to see the series from a more adult point of view when I did originally watch it from a teen point of view. So here we go. Uh, first of all, why do I love Gilmore Girls so much? Why is it so important to me? Uh, I think I can distill it down to three things. The first one is the reason that I think 
anyone would love Gilmore Girls who likes the show, and that is the story. It is it is such a good story with such intricate and complex characters and interesting characters, and it deals with very real emotional experiences that anyone has gone through in part. So even if you're not a single mother, even if you're not estranged from your parents, even if you are not the daughter of a single mother, there are storylines that are relatable to everyone. Trying to get into college, going through your first heartbreak, uh, dating, uh, the mother-daughter relationship. You know, that's there's something very universal in that, but the show is so well written that it does it in a way that never gets boring or mundane. There's so much quirk and character in all of the residents of Stars Hollow and the town itself. And I just think that every storyline is something that feels all at once hilarious and emotional and powerful. It's great. So baseline, great story. Two, as a writer... I just don't think anyone does dialogue as well as Amy Sherman Palladino. All of the references, all of the jokes, all of just the speed with which these characters are able to talk. And she has such a unique style of writing dialogue. And you see it again in Maisel. You know, I think that's why people love that as well. Like, it's so heightened. It's so not how human beings talk, which is why it's entertaining to watch on television. And so I just, I could listen to the dialogue of the show coming from any character. I I think every character gets such wonderful phrases to say. Um, And I think specifically as a writer, I just take a lot of, a lot of love in that. The third reason is a very personal reason. And that is because I relate to this show so deeply. So my mother and I are best friends in almost a weird Rory and Lorelai way. My parents are still together. They're married, and my dad is very much around and and part of it, so that is the one difference. But other than that, everything about Lorelai and Rory's relationship is something that I have experienced very similarly, even to the point where, like, she tells her mom things that I think most teenagers probably don't tell their mom. My mom has and will continue to know everything. You know what I mean? And... We are pals above all, so I relate to that. Connecticut, growing up in Connecticut, uh, small town Connecticut, what that feels like, the seasons, the love of snow, like that is something that I also experienced. I went to prep school. I went to um, a school not like Chilton, which I think is based off of Choate, if I'm correct. Uh, But, you know, we didn't wear uniforms, but it was a prep school, and that creates interesting dynamics and just like a different – experience of high school that I felt like I went through. So there's a lot of parallels that I have always felt to Rory. And now I'm realizing while our situations aren't the same and that like I didn't have a child at 16, I do feel like personality-wise a lot like Lorelai. So the show, I just love it for that reason. I Like I said, I really think that the Chilton years are the best years. I think It just works a little better when Rory's living at home. Um, I will say, I think this show does better than most shows at letting it continue in a very natural way when one of the main characters has to go to college. I feel like you look at most shows about high school and like it's about a group of friends, right? And 
somehow all of those friends end up going to the same college. And it just feels unrealistic, a little bit stupid. Like, I've never liked that, and I feel like that's when shows tend to, to use a phrase, jump the shark, right? The way that this show handles Rory going to Yale and how seamlessly that makes sense and how interestingly it fits into the plot with her grandparents and all of that and and has her not just driving distance but like half an hour away from Stars Hollow. Although I will say, as much as I love this show, their Connecticut geography is completely incorrect. If you live in Connecticut and you hear what they're saying about like the distance between like Hartford and New Haven or like where we assume Stars Hollow is in like Litchfield County or whatever, like they're not right there, but I'm willing to extend my disbelief. Um, But it makes sense. And also Rory as a character being a college kid who still chooses to come home on a lot of weekends that also kind of worked for me. Every once in a while, I'm like, Rory should would just be at school. But for the most part, I think they do a really good job of making the characters or letting the characters take the natural course of their life, but finding a way for it to still all exist in a universe. Um, and so I, I really appreciate that. But I still think it works better in the Chilton years. Also, Rory is a little more naive. We're seeing her go through more firsts, which I just think is is more interesting. Um, and the relationship between Lorelai and her parents, I think, is a little bit more interesting because what we can assume is prior to the pilot episode, they really see her grandparents, you know, Richard and Emily, they see them, what, on Christmas? Like, it's really, they don't have a relationship. And because... Lorelai needs the money and Friday night dinner and all of that. They are forced back into a relationship. So over those first three seasons, we are seeing their relationship unfold in a new way, which by the time we get into season four, five, six, seven, it's uh, it's just a little different in that I, I feel like they're more established now. Like they've been together for three years already versus like new to it. That brings me to my next point, which is that I don't know if it's because I was young when I first watched the show, the first couple times I watched the show, or just because I didn't have, I hadn't seen it enough times to analyze it, but the more I watch this show, the more times I rewatch these seasons, the more fascinated I am with Richard and Emily and with Lorelai's relationship to them and Rory's relationship to them and you know, I've always known, it's this show is so obviously, what is this show about? It's about mothers and daughters. That is what the show is about 100%. However, the first couple times I watched it, it was about Lorelai and Rory and their relationship. But I think it's equally about Emily and Lorelai. And I think that that relationship is very interesting in the way the three of them, as like three generations of women, all with such different views on the world but all being so similar because they're related and cut from the same cloth literally like there is so much depth to that that even re-watching it for the ninth tenth time I'm finding new facets to the relationship not so much between Lorelai and Rory but how Emily plays into it all and I have come to the conclusion that Emily is the most interesting character in the show hands down she is the character that I think shows the most growth over time. 
she is the most complicated character in that there are times when I really freaking hate her. And I, I, I cannot stand this woman. And I'm like, what she did is so abominable. There are times when I really love her where I'm like, wow, this act, while it might be small in scale for you, is so major. And I think specifically to the episode where Christopher comes over to Friday Night Dinner and Emily has spent so much time pushing Christopher on Lorelai and you should be with Christopher, you should be with Christopher and he comes over and he like berates Lorelai and she's like, I need you to go in there in this huge fight and Rory's mad at him, it's this whole thing and Emily comes out of nowhere and she's like, Christopher, you should leave. And it it's not a huge act by any stretch of the imagine but for this character, it's so massive and it it, it, it makes me feel something in the gut. So there are times I hate her. There are times I love her. There are so many times in this show where I feel so sorry for her. Obviously, the whole Pennell and Lot debacle, which I do believe that's season four, which I said I wasn't going to talk about, but here we have it. But also in just like how much she wants this relationship with her daughter and how incapable she is just because of outside forces and like obviously this is a bigger discussion about privilege and wealth and what that means and I'm not going to get into that but I do think as a character the humanity in Emily Gilmore is very interesting and I think as the seasons progress it only gets more and more interesting and you know even I think about the episode where they go to the spa and the vicious trollop with the lipstick and Lorelai and Emily and their they get so close to having such a wonderful night and then it breaks and then they get close again and there's just such dynamism to her relationship and also also her relationship with Rory is not always perfect. There are times when Rory is not thrilled with her grandmother either and I just think that those three women, this sort of grandmother, mother, daughter, is just so fascinating and Emily is the character that I'm always like, I want to be on her side and there are times that I can't and it's just it's just amazing. So the more that I watch the show, the more that I, I, I see, like I don't even want to say I sympathize with Emily because again, it's, it's a very complex emotion. But from a character perspective, like in a narrative, I think she is the most interesting character in the show. Um, uh, on a related note, something that I appreciate about this show is that every character from the small roles that are the characters that go in and out of Stars Hollow, even like the Andrews of the world, these sort of small characters that populate our background that we get to know and love, all the way up to our main leads, our Lorelai, our Rory, our Luke, our Emily. Every character is both good and bad. And I think this show, more so than most shows, and why I love it so much, makes its characters incredibly human. The characters, like, we all love Rory, right, in those first seasons, and she is presented in so many ways as just, like, this paragon of good. You know, she's, like, the good kid who gets the good grades and everyone in town loves her and all of this. And yet she makes really bad choices, she does things that you're like, why would you do that to your mother? You know what I mean? Like there's, there are times, I mean, even before, again, without getting too much into the Yale years, uh, Rory, Rory does something really, 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 really bad. 
Rory makes a really, really, really bad decision. And I think it's really brave of a show to take the character that you are supposed to love the most and give them such a bad choice and and understand that the audience is going to end up rooting for them once again. And then by giving that character such a bad choice, allow all of the other characters an opportunity to interact with her in a very different way. And yes, obviously the one that I'm speaking of in season four. She also makes bad decisions before that too. Like kissing Jess when she's still with Dean. That's a bad, like, you know, especially if you're watching this show as a 16-year-old, kissing someone else is when you are in a relationship is like the worst thing you can do in the world that you live in. And we watch her do it. And we watch Lorelai make horrible decisions. Lorelai makes really bad decisions a lot of the time usually only putting herself at risk and the men that she's with. I guess she really, like, breaks a lot of hearts. But, you know, Rory makes decisions that put her mom in a bad position. And I just, I guess what my point is, I think the fact that these characters are not perfect or not even perfect, but are not archetypes of themselves, right? Lorelai is not always snarky and sarcastic. Rory is not always the demure star student. Luke is not always cranky. You know, uh, Suki is not always the world's most wonderful friend. In fact, there are a couple times that Suki is kind of a sh- kind of a shit. And there are times that Lorelai is a huge shit to Suki. Yet they're still best friends. And to me, that is so reflective of how actual life relationships work. Like, you can be best friends with someone and say something to them that as soon as you say it, you're like, I wish I didn't say that. And they have those moments. And I think that's why the show feels so full and well-rounded. Uh, another thing that just I get sure on every time that I watch this series is that Dean sucks. Dean sucks. Even from the beginning, the way that he like kind of weirdly pursues her and like just shows up where she is, Dean sucks. There is nothing about this man except that he is tall that is redeemable. And you know what? Maybe that is the most relatable thing of all. Rory fell for the tall guy when he really was kind of a schmuck. First of all, I'm not saying that Rory needed to be with someone who was identical to her in, you know, ambition and intelligence and caringness. But she needed to be with someone who was like at least in the same stratosphere. And I just feel like Dean is so not the things that Rory is. And then instead of admiring those things about Rory, he like tries to break them. He tries to break her of them, right? Like he is constantly getting mad at her for having to do her homework, which is like, Toxic Boyfriend 101. Like, think about it in the world of being an adult like we are now. Like, if my husband was like, hey, I feel lonely tonight, so I want you to not go to your comedy show, that would be, like, the worst partner ever. And that's what – Dean is constantly like, Rory, like, you care too much about going to Harvard. Why don't you care about me? When Rory spends every free minute she has with that man, okay? It's not like she's neglecting him. Now – I do want to be clear. At a certain point, Rory does become a horrible girlfriend to Dean because she falls in love with Jess. And that's that's being 16. And again, Rory does things that are pretty shady, and and that's why I think she's an interesting character. Dean also, like the whole Donna Reed episode, he's such a jerk in that episode. Like, I agree. There's nothing wrong with him liking that his mother has dinner on the table, but the way that he presents that is just so, like, icky and gross and then Rory like 
tries to do the thing and, and, and dresses up and tries to make light of it. But really, Rory, like, he's trying to, he's trying to steal your light. Um, also, when he tells her he loves her and then she doesn't respond immediately and then he breaks up with her? That is the epitome of toxicity. I am sorry. Okay, look, Dean, hear me out. I know you love her. You know she loves you. She's having a hard time articulating it. You're supposed to say, that's okay. Now, if you're like, do you not like me? Do you not want to be with me? And she's like, I don't know. Fine. But give her a minute. And to just like break up with her and not talk to her. He's also so possessive. And again, at a certain point, I understand where his jealousy is stemming from. It is so obvious that Rory is in love with Jess at a certain point. But even before that point, like all of the Tristan stuff, and I say this as someone who is a jealous partner, and I, I, I do deal with jealousy. Like, he's such a jerk about the Tristan stuff, and he doesn't – Dean sucks. If anyone is team Dean – and then, oh, my God, then you get into the Yale years, and we see him again, as we all know, and, like, he really, really sucks. Look, we have, you know, are you team Jess, Dean, or Logan? Anyone who is team Dean needs to watch the show again because you're missing something. We're not at Logan yet, but I, I understand where you could be Team Logan. I also understand where you could be Team Jess, and I am obviously Team Jess. Now, I do want to make it clear, Jess, whew, okay, you know, I said earlier Emily is the most interesting character on this show. Jess, close second. He is, first of all, Milo Ventimiglia is just like so darn cute and charming, and no matter how the character is written, we were all going to fall in love with him just because of Milo. But the writing of the character, he does so many things that are wrong and bad and he's a jerk, but you also know that it's from posturing because his parents have not been very good to him and he's forced to come to this new place and live with his uncle and he's just like trying to find identity and he knows that he's valuable, he knows that he's smart, but he's not in a place where he can take advantage of that. He's so supportive of Rory. Now, granted, does he do some shady things? Yes. Does he steal her bracelet? Yes. Is that cool? No. He also, like, I feel bad he gets a bum rap, too. You know what I mean? Like, the car accident, not great. But it's being 16, you know? And then all of a sudden we all hate Jess because of the car accident, but, like, whatever. Jess, I think, is a really interesting character because... You love him so much, but he keeps doing the worst thing. And so why am I still rooting for Jess at the end of this series when he says, why did you drop out of Yale? I honestly can't tell you why I'm rooting for Jess, except that I think while he makes a lot of bad choices, he's intrinsically a good person. So those are like my big overarching thoughts after rewatching this yet again. Um, oh, I remember the thing that Rory does that is so bad before the abysmally bad thing that's going to happen in, in later seasons. Um, when Rory misses her mom's graduation from business school because she goes to see Jess and she skips school and she just like, she just makes such a quintessentially teenager mistake, but her relationship with her mom and her being the one that you have to go to the graduate, like that episode. And then Emily and Richard showing up. Like, that episode to me is one of the most complicated morally, right? On who's right and who's wrong and, and how we're supposed to feel. And I am so mad at Rory during that episode that it's almost irrevocable. 
I would say it is almost harder for me to come back from that episode than the fateful episode in the future season. A couple other episodes I want to shout out from these first three seasons that mean a lot to me. Um, The Road Trip to Harvard, I think, is one of the best episodes in this entire series because it's such a heartbreaking moment for Lorelai, but such a exciting moment for Rory and such a like fruition of everything that we know the show has been leading to and you know Lorelai and Max were always complicated I liked Max I did but I think everybody always knew that they weren't each other's person they were a good boyfriend girlfriend but they were never going to be the ones for each other Um, similarly a thousand yellow daisies while I don't think Max is the right guy for Lorelai that is such a movie moment, and you got to love it. Uh, Suki's Wedding, that episode, just like the parallel lives of the Gilmore Girls and when they both get to walk down the aisle and Jess has just come back and kissed Rory and Christopher has said Sherry's pregnant and these two girls are standing there and their world is rocked and they have to be there for their friend Suki and there's nothing they could say to each other and just... I love when the show does that, and they do it a lot, where they have Lorelai and Rory going through different scenarios, but feeling similar emotions, and we get to see these sort of like two parallel lives, and I think that is really beautiful. Uh, The Dance Marathon is probably in my top five favorite episodes of all time of this show. I think anytime there's like a Stars Hollow tradition that feels particularly ridiculous, that like world building and just like the fact that they do this and that they all dance and like like, that's just so fun to watch as a viewer but it is also obviously the culmination of um Rory and and Dean and the beginning of Rory and Jess and everything that that means and, and starting this new chapter and just that final image of Rory and Lorelai on the dance floor, Rory's crying, Kirk is doing his Kirk thing, so you have the star's hollowness of it all, you have their relationship, you have Rory coming to terms. I just, I love that episode. And then my favorite episode of the Gilmore Girls, and I can say this factually, is the episode where, I I call it the envelope episode. I don't know what if that's what it is, but... It's where they're waiting to get Rory's acceptance letters and Paris has that mental breakdown and and they keep checking the mailbox throughout the episode and finally at the end after like chaos has ensued, Paris didn't get in, there was all of this craziness and I think Lorelai is going through something really nutty as well and Rory gets the big envelope. Not just to Harvard but to Yale and to Princeton, to all of them and Every time I watch that scene, I like truly weep. Like I ugly cry because I think it is just like the most beautiful scene and their reaction to each other and just like the happiness I feel. I think it's so well done. And that is my favorite episode of Gilmore Girls. The last thing that I will say that I find really interesting in rewatching this and knowing where the season is going and, and knowing that this whole series is a will-they-won't-they they for Luke and Lorelai, and you know that from episode one. However, in the entire first three seasons of this show, there is nothing between them. 
there's like one or two moments where like there's a pause and you're like, are they going to kiss? And there's always like that little bit of awkwardness about like they're interested in each other's relationships. So we know that's where it's going. But you get no, the first three episodes, like the first chapter of this story, which is Rory in high school. So like a big part of the show, who knows if it's going to keep going, right? We don't get any, any, um, we don't get any result, reward, whatever of Luke and Lorelai coming together. They never accidentally kiss. They never almost kiss and someone walks in on them. Like, it's really all kind of like happening above your head. And and again, we know that they're supposed to end up together. That's obvious and that is it should be. There's always that will they, won't they. But like, I think about Friends, Ross and Rachel get together in season two. You know what I mean? And they... And we know that they were together. And from the first episode, like, we see Ross kind of ask her out. Like, there's all this stuff happening. Luke and Lorelai really don't have that moment where it's, like, obvious that this is what's going to happen until Liz's wedding, which I think is in season five. Maybe four. I don't know. But I just find that so interesting. So Lorelai, yes, she has Max and Christopher, and and it's hard sometimes to not root for Christopher because he's Rory's dad, but he sucks. We don't want to root for Christopher. We always know Luke is there. We know Luke is the right one for her, but but Rory is the one who has the more meaningful relationships in these first three seasons. I would say, you know, it's Lorelai gets her time to shine with her Luke and then Christopher again in the end. Um... But I, I just think it's interesting. Anyway, that's how I felt after watching the first three seasons for the millionth time. I love this show so much. Where you lead, I will follow. Let me tell you, it is the best show. I never get tired of it. Every time I watch it, I like fall more in love with one of like the side characters, like the Babettes of the world. Um, every storyline is interesting to me, and I just I think it's the best show. So that's where I'm at. In a couple of weeks, we'll have seasons... The, the second half, the Yale years, as I'm calling them. Uh, and then, you know, maybe I'll do one on just, like, the whole show as a whole and, I don't know, rank all the boyfriends. Who knows? Uh, anyway, that's where I'm at. So hope you guys are enjoying your fall and watching whatever your fall comfort show is. Uh, if you've never watched Gilmore Girls before, go watch it. Um, if you have watched it, it's worth a rewatch. I absolutely promise. Until next time, I'm Shannon Fiedler. This was Just Like Other Girls, and I'll see you next time.